0: Florida State certainly had a very talented 2023 recruiting class, but how many of those prospects will make an immediate impact against LSU? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Brian Smith. I am your host of Locked On Seminoles. And thank you once again for coming back to check us out and making this your first listen each and every day. We are available wherever you get your podcasts and free on YouTube as well. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. This is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about Florida State's impact recruits. We're going to talk about the depth chart and the transfer portal, which really and I do mean really, has impacted the depth chart. It's a, a rather fun situation at Florida State compared to other schools. They've probably, in my opinion, done better with the transfer portal than any other school in college football. We'll get to that in segment three, so stick around for that. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't get to talk enough about the transfer portal in a positive light, but that, that's part of it today. So this show is sponsored by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Game time. This is, uh, like I said, going to be kind of a fun episode. We're going to do a few different things. We're going to discuss first the recruits, some of the depth chart parts that the recruits are trying to, you know, they're trying to move up the ladder. And then we're also going to talk about the transfer portal, which Florida State over half their starters, it looks like, are going to be at one point in time, a transfer into Florida State from another college institution. Now, if you'd have told me that, and you'd also told me, say, two years ago, that Florida State would be preseason top 10 with that, I'd have said that's laughable. Not enough continuity, et cetera. So it's it's pretty wild. Well, uh, let's start with the recruits. And these are kids that I know, that I have scouted, that I've been around, and I'm very comfortable with in some way, shape, or form. And they're also doing well by all reports out of Florida state that either I've gotten or other people have reported on, etc., And it's just kind of fun to project because if you're going to put a freshman out on the field against LSU, it better be a really good player and it better be somebody that understands the playbook. That's the part people don't often discuss. Talent aside, if you do not know the playbook to the liking of the coach, not what the player or their parent or anybody else thinks you're not going to play. FSU has a bunch of really good players in the freshman class. Those recruits have done well. Like Destin Hill, we'll use him as an example, receiver out of New Orleans, very talented. How well does Norvell and his staff feel that he can handle run blocking, handle a screen, which he is the blocker, uh, faking a screen and then running a, like a fake bubble screen and he's blocking that he takes off all the little nuances, all of them, they have to be executed at a very high level or else you're going to struggle to beat teams that are quality opponents. There's not a whole lot of talent disparity between LSU and Florida State, so the little things matter. So that's why I wanted to bring up how many freshmen play. I've got five or six here listed, and I'm going to talk about them, but in your own head, you might have a different opinion, and this is about as far from an inexact science as you can get. I do a lot of stuff about recruiting, but this one is arguably the most difficult that I will do. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the season overall with the recruits and I got the list, but most of what this is about is for the LSU game since it's just over a week away. So first off, Conrad Hussey he played at St. Thomas Aquinas. He could play receiver. He could play corner. He could play nickel. He could play safety. He can fly. I've seen that with my own two eyes multiple times. I know him from being around STA to one of the best programs, in the United States of America. And he's also a very mature young man. And that goes back to that point that I made in the lead about this with regards to the recruits playing. Do they trust him? And they is the coaching staff. They're the only ones that matter in this. That's it. And I think they'll trust him a little bit more than most kids because of where he came from, how competitive the young man is, his ability to take coaching. Going through STA is a different deal. I mean, every little thing, like how they clap, everything is to a T. It's for a purpose, and it's helped them win like four straight state titles. I think it's pretty good. Now the question, at what point does he break into the lineup in terms of the rotation? I don't think Hussey's going to start. I mean, there's let's be real here. Florida State, barring injury, is pretty good to go with experience across the board because of the portal. Again, we'll talk about that in segment three. But that doesn't mean you can't rotate, and especially game one in Orlando where it's going to be blistering hot. You have to rotate. Any drive that LSU goes out, whether they score or not, where they eat up some clock and move the ball, if Florida State has a three and out or four-play drive and they get the ball back again, LSU, you got to rotate. You got to rotate. And it, it takes more energy on defense. That's the first reason that I'm bringing up Hussey. I think he can play different spots. And I'm sure many of you have some depth chart in your mind or something that you've seen, something that you've read. And that's all fine. I'm telling you right now, regardless of what's re- – reported. Conrad Hussey is a young man that can play multiple spots. His brain will allow him to figure it out a little quicker than most guys. He's just sharp. I think long-term, he's a great free safety candidate once he like fully knows the defense. But to play back there, you've got to be able to organize the other chess pieces in front of you, not just be a ball hawk, get off the hash, place a man, whatever. You've got to be able to align guys. How many true freshmen are starting at free safety in college football, even at like the Mac level where they might get a player, kind of a late bloomer and get one over on, on Ohio state or Michigan state or something. There's not many. They got Hussey allegedly kind of like playing the nickel, being in the box, doing some different things. I've heard that. What's really true and what they're really doing only the Florida state staff knew, knows, excuse me. I would imagine he'll move around. That's, that's my number one at some point. In the LSU game, I bet you he's in there doing something. I haven't spoken to him or anybody at STA about him. I just, I'm just going off what I know from seeing him at seven on seven at STA, knowing the kid, breaking bread with breaking bread with him. He's the kind of guy I want on my football team. I trust him. Number two, same deal. KJ Kenton Kirkland. This is a kid out of Reigns in Jacksonville. I saw him once last year. His team came down to Ocala and they played Trinity Catholic. That dude was all over the field. He's another guy that's been talked about. Some is making plays in fall camp. While they have guys like Cypress and all these different players in the secondary, it's not like Florida state. Once again, is void of talent. Kirkland was one of the most underrated kids. I thought in the state of Florida in the Southeast last year. Why? I have no idea. There was a play that I was watching him, I'm glad I picked him on this play because there's so many things that can happen in one individual play on, a, on the gridiron. He's on the left hash, and it wasn't even his responsibility. Trinity Catholic threw a ball to the other side of the field, going out of bounds, a receiver. He followed, it was a rollout, he followed across. He beat the other guy across to the football, his own man. He figured it out. I don't know if he saw something that he recognized on film or whatever, but that is beyond instinct. And he can flat out pick him up and put him down. He can run like a corner. He's over six foot. He's extremely aggressive. This is an old school Seminole's defensive back. This is the kind of guy they made their living with with Bobby Bowden in the 80s and 90s. And he's hungry. Very intelligent young man, too. Much like Hussey, I think he's the kind of guy that'll pick up the defense. And also like Hussey, can play multiple spots. I didn't pick these two by accident. I'm giving myself more room for error here because if they wanted to, if there's an injury or if there's a circumstance with a team that runs a certain formation a lot, these are smart enough kids to come in and play different roles and be effective. Not a lot of freshmen fit that. Something to think about. Now, The kid that I don't know as much about, but I've heard some things and I just, I'm just going to mention him. I do not know, I have not seen him, is Quinn Darius Jones, the kid out of Meridian, Mississippi. He's, he's a guy. That's, that town's always got a player, it seems like. He's out of Mississippi and he's, he's made some noise. Don't be shocked either. He's got a little bit, a little bit more size. I don't know much about him, but I just wanted to mention him. Florida State, (laughs) their DB history is obviously ridiculous. Maybe he's another guy that can break in. I'd I'd like to learn more about him, and I'm going to be looking for him in the game. I advise you do too. On the offensive side, there's one player I want to mention before I get to my last guy, and it's the last player I think is very important. I saved him for last on purpose. But that's Destin Hill out of New Orleans. Played Edna Carr, one of the better programs in the New Orleans area, producing talent. Destin's been talked about by numerous outlets in regards to Florida state. He can run. He's a kid that can make guys miss. He could play inside. He can play out again. Here's my theme: If you haven't learned already about me, I love recruits with versatility, how much of the playbook he's learned and how comfortable getting out there in a third down or something that I don't know. I really don't. I mean, if you think about it, all three of Florida state's projected starters at receiver, they are transfers, they're experienced. I mean, the slot came from West Virginia, had I think it's 133 catches in his career for the Mountaineers. Kind of hard to take him off the field on third and six, but guy's still got to rotate. Receiver historically has been one of the easier spots for somebody to make at least some kind of impact. I'm not saying he's catching 10 balls for a buck 50 and two scores, but he could come in and catch two or three balls, maybe the screen game, maybe a jet sweep, maybe even something basic like a slant. But with his talent, Destin could really run. He could maybe break one. I would not be shocked. That's a great player. Last guy I want to mention is Lamont Green. He's at a goal for prep in Miami. Uh, if you don't remember, his dad was a ball player now. He played it for the Knowles. I had a chance to meet him and his dad just over a year ago. Lamont Green Jr. is locked in. He's the kind of guy at some point this year, I don't know if it'll be against LSU. It's a little harder for a lineman. But it's very important for Florida State to start developing some of their own defensive linemen instead of like Jared Verts, they hit on, obviously. The guy out of Albany, I'll talk about him in a minute. But you need you need some transfers to not always be the key. It's okay, but it can't it can't be your only outlet to make it happen. And it can't be just a situation where every year you're expecting 10 plus guys, and in this case, I think it's about 15 to end up being big-time players for you out of the poor. So let's talk a little bit about making that transition in long term. And I think Lamont, just based on what I've seen, like his first step, his bend, all of that is fantastic. I think he's a great candidate to be a first-year impact player, but I don't think it's necessarily as likely in the LSU game. I'm hoping by game four or five, he's constantly in the rotation. Not easy to beat up versus some of those guys. I get it. But I think he's one of those guys that can make an impact for the Knowles this season. If you are really interested in tickets, going to some of these games, Florida State or otherwise, sometimes the stress of it is not exactly the most fun. If you're like me, uh, sometimes you make some last-second decisions, rock concert, maybe it's stand-up comedian, whatever it may be. Here's an opportunity for you. Game time. How many times have you been in that situation? It's not easy, is it? Do you want to go? Sure. But you couldn't get a babysitter. You couldn't get off work, whatever, until a day or two before something happened. So you hadn't bought tickets. I've been there. Make sure you give them a shot. Check them out. Uh, We appreciate them being an advertiser for Locked On. And it's a really cool app. Make sure you check it out because it's pretty easy to use and I don't see any reason you shouldn't look at it because ticket prices aren't always the same on each app hint, make sure you do your due diligence. I know that uh, sometimes I've regretted some of the decisions I made when I found out some other prices, do your due diligence, check out game time. It'll be good for you. If you do, this is one of the easiest things to do too. I mean, it's on your phone. If you use the app, good things will happen for you in that regard. So, um, Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, it's sometimes it's difficult to get tickets. You gotta gotta choose wisely on that. Second segment, let's talk a little Noel's depth chart. These are just a couple of concerns I have, and it's something, this is just the thoughts that I, I'm about, but I'm, I'm not sure if there's a team I can compare them to, maybe Southern Cal, because they've relied on the portal quite a bit too. My only concern with all the experience and everything that Florida State has, and I've got their depth chart up in front of me, is they've got around 15 guys, give or take, that'll start that weren't originally at Florida State. Several of them transferred in this year and the year before. How well will the mesh be in critical moments? That's really the whole segment here. That's That's my question. I'm obviously Jordan Travis is tremendous and all that. Do they have enough chemistry though? If they do, this is a team that could go compete for the national title because Jordan Travis, I think, can carry a team on his back. He's proven it when the team wasn't necessarily playing great, like in the Oklahoma game, he had a couple of really clutch plays to help him come from behind. Sometimes you need a guy to do that. Well, let's hope they don't have to do that as often. And that's because you're just grinding it out and executing and building a lead. So Travis can be even more difficult throwing to Destin Hill or whoever it may be, Trey Benson, etc. If you have him doing that, maybe a little bomb to Mr. Wilson, it's easier but that's chemistry up front in particular. They got a ton of experience. It should be a o line, but there's still a lot of transfers. And I'm just curious to see how it works against LSU and everybody else on the schedule. There's no particular team here. That's my question. The only other thing that I will say is, and this is, again, this is just the negative side of me talking about this, which guy steps up on offense that we don't know about. I mean, I love the, I mean, the receiver room ridiculous. Um, I don't think you can really argue, especially at the very top, might be the best one, two, three in the country. It's legitimately in that realm. O'Line's experience, you got Trey and you got Toffoli, all these guys that are really good. What about tight end to depth there? That's the only other concern I might have on offense. Defense, I just want to see, and it's why I mentioned Lamont, I want to see somebody besides verse that is constantly talked about as a pass rusher not just flashing. Those are, I mean, those are some basic things that I just wanted to mention. I'm sure if you guys have something you think, or maybe you don't think there's any, I think you, maybe you think it's always going to be good because they, they've gotten the depth, they've built it up, whatever it is. Give me a comment on that. I'm curious to what you think. It's not easy to project first game though, is it? It's pretty hard. So if you have any comments or questions, I got it on the bottom of the screen for those of you on YouTube, but I'll say it for those of you listening. If you want to send an email, you got a question, you got a comment, send comments and questions to Rivalry at gmail.com. Um, I really do think it's going to be fun to see on a couple of spots if they can hit with some of the transfers and or guys that we're developing. Florida State's going to be just in a tremendous spot. Just in a tremendous spot. There's about 10, 12 guys you know they're dudes. They've already proven it. They're just a year older good to go. It's not like we're worried about Johnny Wilson making big plays. He averages like 21.95 yards a catch or something like that. 20.9, but something ridiculous. We're good there. Just want to see maybe some depth tight end, maybe another pass rusher and kind of go from there. If that does get established, especially early, why wouldn't Florida State be able to go to the college football and play for the playoff or play for the championship? Why not? I think they're a 10-2 and team kind of bottom end anyway, and just a few breaks here or there, and then a few guys developing. It's not out of the realm they could go undefeated if they had all those things go right down the middle. Chemistry is part of it, though. We'll see on that. Um, The last thing that I want to talk about before I get into the third segment is some of my friends over (laughs) – this is funny because I'm getting ready to go on their show – or some of my friends over at the ACC podcast walked on ACC they've got a great pod. They do a good job and I'm going to come on, talk some Florida state with them on Friday. I'm not sure when they're going to air it, but it's really difficult in today's landscape to talk about all the things that are going on in college football, even in one conference. And the ACC is right in the middle of it. So there's a lot to discuss. Check out, Locked on ACC, the next time you get a chance, give them a listen. It's pretty fun stuff. Obviously, basketball is big with the ACC, too. There will be some of that discussion later this year. But right now, the football talk, SMU, Cal, Stanford, I've I've held off talking about it. But it sure sounds like something's going to happen here pretty soon. So something to think about. Because here pretty soon, you're probably going to be listening to a podcast about another conference affiliation being brought up on the media out of the blue, breaking news. So I've been trying to follow it as much as I can. And it it is monotonous at times. I, I know that. All right. The last segment that I want to talk about, this is the one that's the most fun because it's the most unique. I'm usually an expert on all the recruiting stuff because I just do it constantly. But I'll admit when it comes to the transfer portal and while I follow it, I tend to think that the vast majority of teams that have completely just bought in to transfer after transfer, like Ole Miss, for example, their chemistry is bad and or they just take too many kids with not enough, not enough character, uh, different combinations that don't work. They miss on a key position. They load up at one spot, but they're unbalanced, whatever it is. Name a school that's done better than Mike Norvell and the Knowles at getting a balanced group from the transfer portal. He were there's balance. I think the second team over the last couple of years would be SC, but Caleb Williams carried the water last year. If they had a normal, just above average quarterback, that's an eight and 14 last year. He willed them to wins against Notre Dame and a couple other schools, and they probably should have beat Utah both times. Wasn't Caleb's fault, that's for sure. But they haven't done well enough on, on the lines. I don't think they have enough talent overall in depth. It'll eventually bite them. Uh, they have a pretty easy schedule at the beginning of the year. But all those concerns, Florida State's went past, in my opinion. And I think they're the transfer portal champions. That's why I put it up here on the on the sidebar. Transfer portal champions. Very few teams have been successful with it. Florida State is one. So let's talk a little bit about the depth chart in Florida State, just some of the impact here. Um, now some of these guys will come in and out of the lineup, but let's just talk three or four guys. Keon Coleman, obviously, Winston Wright. West Virginia, 133 receptions. Johnny Wilson last year. Uh, Jaheem Bell, they really needed another athletic tight end. He's a guy that can he can play in the screen game. He can block for you. He could be an H-back and go get the ball. Very versatile guy, so that's huge. Jordan Travis speaks for itself. Louisville, Trey Benson, that's another kid. I mean, he's got a chance to be a multi-year starter in the NFL. He's really, really good. He's here after being a transfer. On the other side, I mean, if you think about it, Fabian Lovett, you got Fisk. It came over from the Mac. They got the guy that everybody wanted, the high riser. Florida State got him. You're looking at Cyprus, Cypress, uh, Jared Verse, Tatum Bethune out of UCF. They've just hit the home run. Just tip your cap to Florida State for doing such a good job. It's something that's really not that easy. When you have a kid that entered the portal, one of the first things you think of as a coach or as a scout or whatever, why is he there? Legitimately, you have to ask, why is he there? You have to do your due diligence. Name, I dare somebody, name me a school that's done better broadly than Florida State with the transfer portal. I, I don't think there is one. You can make an argument for an individual player and what have you. I mean, Caleb Williams is my pick there because he just won the Heisman. He transferred from Oklahoma. But other than that, I mean, you could even say Jordan Travis is the best transfer in the last few years too because now he's in the Heisman race and he's helped to elevate Florida State's program to the really high level again. It's just been incredible. And I just, I'll admit it, open-endedly, I missed on this one a mile. When I saw how many players that Norbell and his staff was taking, even though a lot of them were talented and I knew they were, I'm like, man, I don't know. This isn't working at most schools. They figured out the jigsaw puzzle. They have. Florida State fans need to give the staff credit for figuring it out because that is not an easy deal. I've had conversations with college coaches on sidelines and they've all told me the same thing. Now, I haven't had one person that hasn't told me this. Push comes to shove, unless the high school kid is just phenomenal, they're taking the portal kid because they just want experience. Kids that have been away from home, etc. And I get that, but again, it still comes down to why did he transfer? And that's why there's been so many busts. It's sometimes easier to take the really quick answer and all of that, but be careful because you might just get what you're asking for. So Florida State's done a pretty good job, in my opinion, of not overdoing it. They're still getting really good high school players, and obviously the 24 class, it's on on another playing field right now. But the portal has helped to get them there, and it's risen with the program one by one. I don't see any reason for Florida State not to continue to use it a little bit more than most because they backed it up transfer portal champions, Florida State Seminoles. It's unbelievable. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast on that note, but please do make sure you like and subscribe. And I thank you very much. Hit that notification bell and share this podcast. I'm going to be using, and there's my Twitter at the bottom underneath my name. I'm going to be putting up videos when I go to high school games, some of it on that to see the videos, you're going to have to go there. Um, and I'll sometimes pull them up here on the podcast. But if you go to at LO, both capitalized, underscore Seminoles with the S capitalized. That's the Twitter handle for those of you who can't see it that are listening. I'm going to have a lot of different things from high school ranks. We'll talk a little Florida State, some different random things that go on in high school games. I'm going to see Miami-Norland play at Lakeland tomorrow night. There's going to be a ton of college talent on the field, including a future five-star kid. You're going to hear this name a bunch over the next few years. This is going to be his coming out party. Malik Morris, you will hear that name over and over and over. Middle linebacker for Lakeland. He was, I believe, the second fastest kid in spring at 230 pounds. And you heard that correctly. Very, very talented player. So once again, thank you very much for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Seminole signing off. This is Brian Smith. I appreciate it. Everybody have a great day. Take care.